Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to... Swamiji Pakhat. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. And, uh, yeah, do you want to just uh, introduce yourself real quick, let people know who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, sure. Mm, uh, JavaScript developer, basically, um, for, out of India, the capital city of India, to be specific. I've been working as a, a sort of a full stack, mostly front-end focused developer for the past four or five years. Uh-huh. Uh, I started when I was in college as a freelancer, and I've been working full-time for around two years now. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we brought you on. We had you on React Roundup uh, in 2018. Yeah. And yeah, um, I like talking to people and just kind of getting people's story like, hey, you know, where are you from? How'd you get into JavaScript? What do you do? You know, all that stuff. So I'm curious as we kind of dive into that, how did you get into programming? It's, it's uh, kind of a pretty common story from uh, a lot of developers, uh, you know. Uh, we, I was young and like, oh, I like to play computer games, wanted to hack around in some of the uh-huh. games. Picked up some interest, you know, created some mods and stuff, started learning copy-pasting code here from here and there, then chose to pursue that in, as my college degree. As soon as I was in college, on my dorm room, I wanted some extra money, went looking for WordPress, uh, started learning PHP, did some WordPress uh, projects from online, you know, stuff like, uh, what was it uh, back then, Odesk or something like that. Upwork is it right now? There's some sites like that. Some pretty picked up some projects online. Uh-huh. Then started getting some front end stuff. Didn't know JavaScript. Didn't understand anything about it. So started learning. Went through some courses online, free code camp and stuff. Right. Cool. So yeah, you uh, you were doing WordPress and PHP. What, why yeah. did you pick that? Just because it was popular or because you thought you could work in it or because you really loved it or what? Uh, I, I wanted some quick bucks and mm-hmm. uh, everywhere I searched online for some easy project, like some maybe some some blog, some website where it was just some content and you'd render some content and everybody wanted it on WordPress. So started learning that. Right. Didn't even start coding. I just have put some plugins in. I logged into the admin dashboard and boom, the website was just up. And so it, it was pretty easy to approach that. Way. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. I've done a little bit of WordPress stuff, mostly for my own projects. And yeah, I mean, some of it's pretty straightforward, you know, depending on what you're hacking into it. And then, yeah, some of it gets a little bit complicated if you're adding completely new features to it. But yeah. 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 So, so how did you make the transition to JavaScript? You mentioned free code camp, but yeah. So I started learning JavaScript. Uh, the, I, I was pursuing a computer degree, but there there wasn't much, uh, you know, mm-hmm. JavaScript there. It was mostly C, C plus plus, and uh, everything. Yep. So yeah, I started learning JavaScript on my own. Uh, started copy pasting code. Started trying to learn jQuery. Some bits of uh, you know DOM manipulation. Some some drop down menus. Some Carousals or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then, what made you want to make the transition to JavaScript? Uh, so I started getting projects where they would say like uh, 
I would get pro- I got a project for some merchandise sell out of uh, UK and they wanted me to make a canvas sort of graphical editor where you could put your logos on um, t-shirts and everything and then like you uh-huh. can print it out and order so I googled and saw the canvas HTML5 canvas you you got to le- know JavaScript to interact with it so that's yeah. that's when I started learning JavaScript then delve into like as soon as I started getting more I, Angular 1 was popular back then mm-hmm. tried to learn Angular 1 made some one or two projects in that then move to react oh i gotcha so when you were picking up javascript and you know building out yeah the t-shirt app i mean what was it that really drew you in that made you go you know what this is what i really want to do well i think it was about the quick feedback loop i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like anything like nothing's working just throw in a console log and just look at it what's what's happening there what's the data that's coming which one is undefined and, you know, work from there. Like it was, it was pretty easy to approach, like just sling some console logs. And I think that the easiest part was for me was just add a file, add a script tag or anything to mm-hmm. HTML and you can start playing with it immediately. And also there were so many online places where you don't even have to set up your own, any environment on your computer, just go to JSBean. Right. Uh, code pen and just start hacking. Yep. Makes sense. So yes, yeah, so you get in, you said you were doing jQuery initially. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how long ago was this? 2016, hey, sorry, 2015, 14 uh, December, maybe. 2014 right. 14 December. Yeah. So by then, I mean, I think Angular and some of the other frameworks were pretty well established. I'm yeah. trying to remember exactly when React started to take off, but I think it was around then as well. So yeah, I mean, why jQuery? Was it just because you were working in the WordPress world and that's what they were using? Or was there some other reason? Uh, yeah, because uh, at the very start, JavaScript, I, I didn't quite understand much of it. And mm-hmm. I uh, mostly copy-pasted stuff from like uh, different places. Like uh, I wanted to make some kind of uh, drag-and-drop in, um, feature and just saw some code, jQuery-based code online, right. copy-pasted it, tweaked it around. Had to learn JavaScript as soon as the tweaking wasn't working out. That was my gateway stuff, like jQuery. And then people were talking about Angular. So picked up Angular from there, built some to-do apps. Right. You built some to-do apps? Yeah. So, yeah, what did you like about Angular moving from jQuery? I guess the, uh, the demo was pretty sleek. The homepage demo that everybody keeps talking about, the two-way binding. Mm-hmm. When we first saw it, uh, it, it Felt like magic at that moment. Yep. I was also looking at React at that time, but kind of felt a little foreign to me at that moment and didn't go in immediately. Stuck around with Angular for some months. And I think then they dropped uh, Angular 2, but everybody was saying it was back backward comp- uh, incompatible. And that was true. And I thought, I don't want I like, and everybody was saying React is the way and everything. I just tried to learn it. After the initial hiccup, maybe I did a course on it or something like that. Consumed some videos on it. And then it was pretty good experience. Gotcha. And stuck with it. Cool. So what kinds of things have you built over the years? Mostly when I was uh, uh, 
in college and was in freelancing my bills and stuff like custom firebase apps mostly mm-hmm. firebase apps custom stuff like appointment booking for s- small clients some some custom cms systems built some with next and gatsby recently and then uh, i think uh, one of the biggest ones was a uh, react native app mm-hmm. uh, built a react native app uh, with uh, that was i think my first app where i used uh, redux and stuff right. and joined a startup early early stage startup where i worked uh, it was a fintech startup worked, worked on monstack mostly so worked there for a year and a after college multiple fintech apps and uh, react native app that was uh, used by a, a lot of uh, low end devices and all that so optimizing for low end devices in india you know uh, where the internet speed in the rural areas are not that good and uh, thinking about th- th- those kind of bottlenecks uh, low end smartphones uh, building with something like react native which is pretty difficult if, uh, you know so yeah those kinds of challenges mostly yeah makes sense I'm I'm a little curious as you kind of moved through all of these changes did you have a mentor or any kind of community meetups things like that it seems like a lot of those are I don't want to say they're easy to find but I talk to people in the US and it seems like in some cases they're easier to find than others and I I'm I'm curious what the community looks like in India uh yeah the community is is there it's it's uh I wouldn't say I I don't think it's as vibrant as you guys have in US or even in Europe maybe mm-hmm. it's more like since I'm up in North India and and around Delhi it's mm-hmm. more vibrant in Bangalore because that's where all the tech people are in India okay but we we still have uh, a lot of people here and I happen to be fairly active in the meetup community have given some talks have gone to many so it's it's pretty good there are some pretty um, good people here the the community is great yeah there's uh, the react community is pretty active i think yeah, in terms of other ones i am not very sure about but react community is pretty good nice so uh yeah i mean what what is it that's keeping you in react right now uh, i think one of the things that's keeping me in react right now is uh, i've been lucky enough to now have written two apps scratch with uh, just uh, from scratch with just react hooks so so like when react hooks came out i really wanted to try out react hooks in production apps but you know you just can't rewrite existing apps just because you want to try out right. react hooks but uh, i had i had been lucky and we were starting new projects at the very um, just when react hooks became came into the stable release so we decided to go with typescript and react hooks for that app and it was a good good experience and um, like had really fun building stuff building custom react hooks when there weren't any, many there out there built some custom stuff and that, that was pretty fun and then moved on to some interesting stuff with react like uh, currently i'm uh, at work i'm working on a graphical editor using react which is so like currently i'm working at a at a enterprise tech startup where we build solutions for enterprise erp integrations mm-hmm. so this 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 uh, so you can imagine it as a visual programming kind of editor node based graphical sort of editor for migrating data from systems to another and you can drag and drop stuff and um, those kind of support like think draw io for 
ERP integration stuff. So that's pretty interesting. And building in it React has been a like a pretty good experience, uh, having been testing like how Canvas can be used with React, custom renders and stuff. Nice. What are you working on now? So yeah, that that is my prime focus right now. Uh, that visual editor at work, and mm-hmm. so yeah, that, that that's that's the primary thing I'm working on. And on the side, actually, uh, me and uh, one of my very close friends, friend, uh, we built a small dev community sort of uh, de- blogging site uh, called able.bio. and so we hack around there, creating rich text editors and stuff. That is also on React, so it's pretty interesting. Again, uh, that that's that's what's going on right now. Are you building applications with Vue.js? Then you need to check out the Views on Vue podcast. Every week, we bring in a guest panelist from the Vue community and talk about the interesting things being built with Vue or the changes coming in its ecosystem. You can find it all at viewsonview.com. Gotcha. Now, I'm also, just because we're in the middle of this coronavirus thing, and uh, I know some people are going to listen to it. A lot of our listeners are in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we're kind of focused on our own situation. But I'm a little curious. Uh, what, what is the situation down there with all of this stuff? You know, I'm assuming you've got people working from home and things too. But Yeah, like, yeah, uh, we have everyone working from home here as far <laughs> as I know. And it's been the case for, I think, the, since the start of this week. So... A lot of the companies, like a lot of the tech-based companies like ours, which already had, you know, the um, distributed team architecture set up, they went into work from home pretty early, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we, uh, we didn't have too many cases, at, at least not uh, confirmed cases at the very start. Uh, but it's now picked up. Uh, as uh, as of now, I think we have more than 240 cases, positive uh, confirmed cases. So it's getting like the people are getting paranoid now. People weren't taking it that seriously at the very start. Like they were saying, it's just a hype. It, it will pass so pass over. Like it won't come to India or something. I don't know. Some, 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 you know, stuff. But people are trying to take it seriously now. And I think uh, uh, on Sunday, we have uh, government announced lockdowns starting. Right. Sort of. Huh. So is is it that widespread? Is it showing up in in areas around you, or are there any hot spots? Yeah, the, yeah, it's it's showing up around here. We have uh, like uh, people have been intra- instructed to not go out if they don't need mm-hmm. to avoid hospitals for you know regular checkups, delay any um, any work stuff or anything you can, and and just don't go out. That's that's the common stuff and just like i think you guys ha- had a issue with toilet paper selling out and stuff <laughs> yeah uh, i don't understand why because it doesn't really affect um gastrointestinal i mean it's all respiratory from what i understand so um but yeah sold out of toilet paper in the grocery stores and then yeah i and it was funny too because we were like oh we don't need to go do that. And then we realized that we were actually running out of toilet paper at home. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I had to run down to the grocery store on Monday and wait in line to get toilet paper. So, I mean, it, it, it's funny what people do with this stuff. Um, 
I, I don't understand exactly why it was toilet paper, but I also, I see a lot of people in a situation where they're, um, they don't have good information. And so they just go do what they think they have to. So, yeah, it's, it's been the case here as well. People have been talking about random stuff. Like if you take garlic, it won't infect you or some yeah. stuff. And people have been buying stuff like that. People have been holding masks and sanitizers and everything. Anyway, we'll see where it all we'll see yeah. where it all ends up. But yeah, I've also been hearing some uh, promising things about the possibility of some drugs being effective at curing or preventing coronavirus. So hopefully, sooner rather than later, everything kind of goes back to normal. But we'll yeah. see. Because we are on the topic of coronavirus, I, I totally forgot to mention we actually uh, my my colleagues and I, I were working on some stuff like uh, we created an open source website. Uh, which uh, instructed people as to how to handle um, the coronavirus or testing procedures here, what to do and what not to do. In -hmm. India, a very specific website where you get instructions as to where to get tested, close to you, when should you get tested, what are the government instructions around the whole thing. Maybe you'll be able to share it or something. Yeah, definitely. If If you have something interesting about this, I'm happy to share it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like asking this question and so I'm I'm curious to see what you say, but are there any like themes or lessons that you've learned over the years that you want to share with the audience as far as, you know, your career and things like that? One of the lessons I've learned is uh don't abstract stuff early because mm-hmm. it comes to bite you at the back a bit later on because if if you abstract early it, it becomes like it doesn't fit most of the cases that are going to come in the future. And I have been bit by that way too often. And I hopefully have learned and don't do that much often these days. Also, yeah, like just uh, look at, pick up patterns that you look in your code and create stuff from like abstract only when you see multiple patterns coming up. I think we talked about design patterns the last time I was on. Yeah, we did. It was a while ago, but yeah, we did. Good deal. Well, if people want to connect with you online, is there a good place for them to do that? Uh, I think uh, Twitter. Twitter is the best place, I guess. And what's what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's it's funny. Uh, it's uh, Drenther. I have to spell it out, maybe. Yeah, go ahead and spell it out and type it into the chat so that we can get it in the show notes. Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's uh, D R E N T H E R. Is there a story behind that? Oh, yeah. I was uh, very big into MMORPGs when I was in school. Uh And this was my in-game name everywhere in World of Warcraft and everywhere. I got you. So so it stuck with me. Good deal. Was there anything else that we should know about you before we go to picks? Uh, No, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I I blog. Maybe we'll be coming out with some live streams and stuff and do Mm -hmm. graphical editor stuff. So maybe follow me on Twitter and maybe I'll, you'll get the links there. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Now, it's been a while since you've been on the show, but picks are just stuff that you're enjoying, stuff that you like. One thing that my wife and I have been watching together lately is The Masked Singer. It's a TV show and mm-hmm. they have celebrities. They dress up in costumes so you can't see any part of them. And then they come out and sing and then they get voted off the show, basically. And that's been super fun. The last one we watched was The Swan, which was Bella Thorne. She got voted off. But the, the week before that, which w- my wife had heard who it was. And so when I reacted to it, she just cracked up laughing. It was Sarah Palin, <laughs> who was a vice presidential candidate here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's terrible rapper. She can she can keep the rhythm, but yeah, anyway, it was hilarious because uh, you know they're guessing all these people, and I was like, oh, they're right, it's Tina Fey, and then she turned around, I'm like, nope, it's not. <laughs> but anyway, the super super funny. So if I spoiled it for anyone, I'm sorry. But by the time this comes out, it'll have been a few weeks. So I'm gonna pick that, and then I'm just gonna remind people about two other things that I've got going on. One is the meetups. So I'm putting on some meetups for JavaScript, Angular, React, View, and Ruby developers. They are online, which means that all of the virtual handshaking hugs and fist bumps you want, you can do because you won't get anyone sick. I just talked to Dean Radcliffe and I think he's going to show up and do something about real-time JavaScript stuff at the first JavaScript meetup. And I'm working on lining folks up for some of the other ones. So if you want to talk at those, I'm not putting out like any kind of formal CFP. If somebody comes with me, comes to me with an idea that I like for a presentation, then we'll do that. And then at the end, we're just going to, I'm going to do what I can to rotate as many people through the live video chat as possible that want to be on there so that we can just chat, right, for, for a half hour or so. And that way people can, uh, we, we can get some connection in the community going on. And I'll probably set up either a Facebook group or a Slack channel or something for those, but we'll see. That's kind of where that is. That's at. And then go check out JS Remote Conf, JavaScript Remote Conf, uh, jsremoteconf.com, $75 for tickets, three days, about 24 talks. And yeah, you know, if your conference got canceled, you know, come hang out with us. I mean, that that's really why I'm doing it. And I'm trying to charge as little as possible and still be able to make things run. So you know, $75 is kind of where I landed. So there you go. How about you? Do you have some picks? Uh, yeah, sure. So lately I've been uh, very much into editors, both GraphQL, uh, sorry, graphical and, uh-huh. uh, you know, text editors on web. So I'll pick this library that it's, I think people would have heard of. It's uh, a prose mirror for creating rich text editors. It's a sort of a, it's it's by the same guy who created Code Mirror, mm-hmm. so that it's a pretty good place to start if you're looking to build uh, advanced uh, rich text editor customizable. So yeah, that that'll be my pick. Sounds good. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks for coming and chatting with me for a half hour or so. Um, yeah. It's always interesting just to see where people are at and get a feel for people who are in parts of the community that I don't get to see as often. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, We'll wrap this one up, folks. Until next time, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.